Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copite Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Cup A podcast. It is the four day late League Cup final reaction show, but uh, we've been been celebrating too hard ever since then. That's why we haven't managed to um, to get around to doing it. And of course, there's been another game since then. The kids went to Anfield and uh, beat Southampton three 0 So we'll we'll get to that as well towards uh, the end of the show. But as always, I am Mick Moran. I'm joined by Christian Anderson. How are you doing? How are you doing, lad? On the bevies? How's it going? Oh yeah, I'm having a bevy. I'm I'm still celebrating, even though I'm <laughs> I'm taking a little bit easy now because I'm going to have bevies during the weekend too, uh, when uh, we play against Nottingham. So, but yeah, I'm I'm really good. You know, pleased uh, obviously for the tenth League Cup that we were talking about yep. in the previous show about the possibility to to grab that one for Klopp and for for the fans and all, for the players, obviously. But also very pleased about you know the performance from the kids and in the FA Cup as well, which we will talk about a little bit later. So I'm very happy. You know, as I'm always happy as a Liverpool sport nowadays. There's nothing to complain about really. Nope. You can have your little ups and downs, uh, and we had the really bad years, but at the time and this you know moment. It's absolutely just fucking enjoyable. So, yeah, cheers and up the reds and, you know, happy League Cup uh, <laughs> trophy. Yeah, it's boss. I think I saw something interesting. I can't remember who it was, so I can't reference them. But someone said on Twitter, and it was quite interesting, like the feeling around like this team and this squad feels stronger than even when we were like winning like champions leagues and, and premier league titles and I, I was like sat down and thought about it i was like like i think it's because it's it's the we're very good we've got loads of injuries we're still winning stuff we're still winning games Klopp's decided he's gonna fuck off unfortunately which is i'm still praying he's gonna change his mind about but he won't unfortunately mm-hmm. i think all that mixed in together where it's i think the i think the worry was i think we re-referenced it on the um the Klopp like leave and reaction show that we were worried that it might have a bit of an adverse effect on what we're trying to achieve this season. Of course, we were doing well at that point. We didn't want it to affect us in a negative way where I think you mentioned like 
if we got we're trying a little bit too hard we're trying to like you because it's in the back of your mind that you this is like the last era of of the of, of a Klopp team that we need to the pressure's a little bit on a little bit more in terms of that final pass or if you threw on goal late and you you, you overthink things and you fuck it up and you, you go out of a you, you lose a final or you go out of a, to, to, a, a competition or whatever but i think it's i think it's galvanized us i really are i really do i think it's it, I think it's focused us a little bit, especially like amount of injuries we've had. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll talk about it, and because it's hard not to, because we've we've been missing that many players, and we're, we're missing even more after the after the Chelsea game. But I, I think it's it's definitely helped us in a, in a in a good way to I don't know, just give us a little bit more, if possible, more focus on on the on the goals and and how historic this final season can be. Yeah, and I think you know. I, I, I think, yeah, I read something about what uh, Alexis McAllister said about they getting the information the Klopp is leaving and he was sitting next to Salah and Salah said the coach is leaving um, and how he then refer- referred to how the players felt and got together to obviously give it all for Klopp to give him a send-off that he deserves. And obviously we can talk about the chances to get, you know, four titles in total and all that kind of stuff. But to even you know, go on and do it the way that we did in the league of final, um, which we talk about obviously and summarize. But it's just the step on the way, and it shows the morality and the the group, the feeling in the group, and everything. So I think not only the kids that are taking part now, and we obviously refer them to the kids. You know, they they are young, but they look like they've been playing for us for a season or two. Some of them, you know, they already like they know their place. But at the same time, this group of players, since we uh, got rid of the old midfield, if you like, and got the new players in. They, 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 uh, you know, adapted so quick into what we're doing, how we're playing, and the, the feeling and the culture of Liverpool Football Club. Like McAllister, for example, it seems like he he got it from day one what it means to play for his club and the way that he represents the club and play and and uh, behave himself in interviews and 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 on the pitch and you know by the sideline when you see him as well. It kind of fits perfectly in the way that I look at a Liverpool player. So I think that's the thing. It's a group dynamic. Klopp, obviously, the responsible man for getting that to happen. But it goes down all the way to the youth system and the kids that actually yeah. playing kids football for Liverpool. You know, the the really youth ones. They, it's coming from there, and it goes all the way through until you hopefully one day represent the the first team, and you know exactly what it means and what to do. So, you know he's going to leave and it's going to be a blow for us but at the same time you know he leave the cl- he leaves the clubs in great hands if you if you like you know in terms of who's going to uh, make a decision on the next manager stuff but where where that manager is going to come in and what he's going to have to take on is something that it's going to be very difficult it's going to be a tough task but it's still a club that is in great position and and, it, and it's going forward still so massively i think that, of course all the News about like Michael Edwards might be coming back to oversee stuff and all that. I think that's, I mean, yes, please, if that can happen and he can come back and oversee like what's going to be a very tricky period. But like you said, in terms of like players we've got, um, senior players, youth players, every type of player we've we've got it. I think the youth players coming to the forefront more recently as well is even more incredible. I think that the stuff that they've been doing, like you, like you mentioned, has been, um, yeah, it's, it's it's amazing to see. But let's let's get stuck into the game a little bit. Um, yeah, it was one 0 to the Reds, of course. A late 
a late, lovely, like two minutes to go in extra time. One of them goals where you know it's it's game over now because it's it's too late in the day. Like when you get a 90th minute, it's ba- it's basically the extra time equivalent of a stoppage time winner in in in, in 90 minutes. But that's basically what it was. Um, but the game as a whole, I thought, in terms of, I think we basically on the preview show we, I think we pretty much called the lineup because we were toying with the idea whether Nunes and Salah wouldn't be would be available. Of course they weren't, and then we we saw the whole Nunes. Um, Nunes celebration at the end of the game in itself we could we could do 20 minutes on because that was just fucking hilarious um but I think the players that we they put out of course Keller Bradley Canate Van Dyke Robbo McAllister who you mentioned before Endo Gravenberg Diaz Gakpo Elliot I think that was the strongest side we could put out to be honest I think we me and you were talking about like whether he'll go um with Gomez and just because Gomez is in form and keep, maybe keep Robbo on the bench for a, a bit of energy, maybe towards the end of the game, knowing that these games always go to extra time. It, I mean, it's I wish it hadn't to save a bit of the energy in the legs for the lads, but it always seems to do to go that way when we play Chelsea in a, in, a, in a cup final. But I think in terms of what we had on the pitch and I think availability and players being in form, I was I was very happy with the um, with the lineup for that. Yeah, you know, we talked about that we didn't know what was going to be said on the press conference because we did that show before that. And obviously it was confirmed that, um, um, or more likely that, you know, Nunez, Salah and the others were not available, like Soboslai and stuff. So obviously that's a little bit of a negativity at that moment and thinking like it would be nice to have them, you know, available on the bench and having an impact maybe if, if it's if it's needed for at least, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. But uh, when we talked about the lineup in the show and then saw it ahead of the game. I agree with you. It's the, probably the strongest lineup that we could put on the pitch. And, you know, with Dan Robertson coming in, obviously with his experience and keeping Conor Bradley because he's just been that good. You know, it's a little bit of a blow for Gomez, who's been good as well, you know, not starting. But at the same time, I think you have to think about where... You know, we would talk about the FA Cup game where you played in a, you know, in a different position as well as a number yeah. six. So I think it's, it's a, I think Klopp have said it. I've read things on Twitter as well. Klopp have said, you know, he's he can play in so many positions. So I think it's more of a question of he, he's good from the bench because if you need a change because of an injury, if you need a, you know, a, a change because of the a system change or you need to do something because of the tactics not working, he can play in so many positions uh, defensively. That it's better to have him as an option, yeah. uh, and then play your what do you call it? Like the, the players that plays in a normal position or the usual position is to start. So you know, but I was pleased when I saw it. I thought you know this is the best that we have. So let's go and give them a game. There's nothing we can do about the injuries. We just have to go with what we have. Yeah, I think it unfortunately played out the way you've just said there because we had to make that change on the 28th minute when Gravenberg went down and. Um, I had to go. I had to go for a quick piss, so I didn't. I didn't see that. I just. I just saw him getting stretched <laughs> off, and I was like, "This has got to yeah. be a joke." <laughs> like, how many, how yeah. many fucking injuries? And then I was like, "Gomez coming on, like that's like in terms of like we've mentioned, like a player in form who can come in and isn't going to be rusty because he's played. He's had that consistency and the rhythm in his game recently, where he's been so fucking good. They can come on, and you're like, right, well, Gomez is on the field now, so uh, if anything, would would more defensively stronger um, as a result of that." You just have to look at the positives, even though it is annoying when you get another another especially, injury. 
Yeah, and especially when it's a tackle where he gets injured, obviously, because of the tackle, but the, the tackle itself is not penalised. You know, it's not even yeah. a yellow card or yeah. anything like it. Because I know that you you think about, you know, what was going on and people say it could be a straight red. Even some people argued, you know, I've heard pods, so I've seen on Twitter and stuff. And I, I don't disagree, I don't disagree with it, but I, I you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough one because of the the red cards that we saw in the start of the season on Jones, for example. You know that that has been the, you know what, what we look at, like what what is a red card nowadays in terms of oh, those no. tackles. But it's more like if he got a yellow there, if it wasn't a straight red card, we say for example, and he got a yellow card, he has that yellow card from an early stage in yep. the game. So it's, that will affect how we yeah how we play and how he will play. So yeah. the referees needs to you know fucking step up their levels a bit and actually you know, give a yellow card for those tackles. And if you got VAR, because I thought, well, it's no VAR in this game. Obviously, we will see that after when they, you know, got um, um, when they called off the, the Sterling goal. So I was like, how how come they didn't check, you know, that tackle? Because it's a it's a dangerous foul. I thought, you know, they will look at it for, for but you didn't see any replay. So, you know, it's a, it's an injury and we will see how long you will be out for, hopefully not too long. But, you know, at the same time, that needs to be yellow card at least because that affects maybe the game in the long term and stuff like that. So, yeah, horrible. But, yeah, it's Casey Adoya, obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's shite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 16 mil Endo is just absolutely <clears throat> fucking bossing them everywhere. Just absolute, what a guy. I mean, we can talk about Macau, so we can talk about Endo, we can talk about most of the lads, but them two in there, it, they seem to be a common theme that we're going through every game where you're like, them two lads are maybe small in stature, but in terms of heart and fight, fuck me, they are just so good. And in yeah. terms of the first half, like I think it kind of played out a little bit as I expected. I, th- I thought, like in t- just in terms of the stats, the first half they had two shots on target, we had three on target and one off target. So there was we had four shots, they had two, and it kind of exploded a little bit. I guess second half where. We had seven shots and they had ten. We had three on target, four off. They had four on and six off. Um, but the, the the bit I want to get to is the Van Dijk offside because I think <laughs> it's one of them. I think it, it it is like VAR when it goes to VAR and stuff. They're always going to be like, it's all this like, if the ball's going into an area, will that player who's been blocked off be in the zone or that whatever shit they say? where the ball's going to land. And I, I get it in, like, 30. But, like, it's hilarious that last night a quite similar thing happened in the United game and he scored a last-minute winner over Forrest, knocked Forrest out of the um, FA Cup and we'll be playing them next, uh, United away. But it's, like, there's just no consistency. It's, like, it's so subjective. It's unbelievable. Like, Back before VAR, it, if you got a decision wrong, it'd be you'd be so pissed off. But at least it's like, well, decision's the decision. It's happened. Split second decision. It's done. Get over it. Carry on with the game. But now it's like they're taking ages to look at it and they're overanalyzing it. They're taking too long. They've fucked us up enough times this season with DRs and red cards and God knows what else. I don't even want to get into it. But I just feel like there's. I don't want to moan about VAR because I'm bored of talking about it, but it's it just keeps happening every game. It's like that happened on the 60th minute. Um, we could have saved us. I mean, luckily we still won the game, but it's like they're trying to do everything they can to stop us from scoring a goal. Um, and they could have easily scored. And imagine they would have went on to win that win the cup there, and we're like, well, that goal should have um should have stood. It's lucky that we did go on and, and win it. But I just think it's. Again, it's just another 
one of those massive grey areas, sub- completely subjective. Where the, the the when you see like the refs on like ref watching all that, it's always like oh, if they get if they get put into a corner by a good argument, all they ever say is the refs bound by the laws. They always say that term, and it's like well, change the fucking laws. Then I understand you can't do it mid season, but it seems like they are doing it incrementally. Like because it's like the decisions that we've had, like the Jones one, the red card. You've seen loads of them since then, and it hasn't been a red card. Even with VAR, they're still not giving the red card to them. So it's like they're still changing them slightly through the season to try and make even it out or to make it not as like black and white. Then in a way, they're making it even more grey. And I just, I just, it's yeah, I know. I'm sick of talking about it, but we have to talk about it because it's just it's so infuriating. Yeah, because I saw the replays obviously on TV, and you know they were discussing it in the in the Swedish uh, studio that they had for the game as well. And you know there was one saying, you know, he could see why, and the other expert said, "Nah, for me, it's nothing really." And I, I could see, you know, that you know Endo is first and foremost, maybe, maybe obviously standing in an offside position and then screening off. You know, who was it? Showell? I, I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think it was uh, yeah. Colwell, Col- Col- was it? Colwell, sure. maybe, yeah. yeah. But it's, the thing is, though, like, it just stands. It doesn't really, even though he doesn't look at the ball or go into the offensive zone, try to get the ball, he just stands. It's a bit of a tactic, obviously, to screen someone off, but it's not like he's, you know, pushing and fighting for it. He just stands his ground. You need to yeah. be able to just stand in the way. <laughs> if you're using your arms and you're, pro- you know, properly wrestling yeah. him away, yeah, I can see why that could be a free kick. But if you're standing there using your body, yes, it's screening someone, but it must be taken in consideration when it comes to tactical play in a game. Like, I'm just going to stand there. If someone's trying to get you know around me, I'm just going to stand my ground and he has to take yeah. me down. If he uses his hands, like I said, yeah, I understand the, the referee uh, blows his whistle and it's a free kick. But at, at this point, I don't see that there's any foul. So I think, you know, they... they Taking consideration their potential side position and that is screening, and they put that them two together and just you know doesn't give the goal, which is which is shit. And then obviously we saw Man United scoring the same kind of goal uh, with the same kind of situation. So that I don't really care. It's Man United. It's, it, that's shit, obviously. But I don't really care in the long term. I, I do care that the referees get the you know the the things right in games because we've seen so many fucks up so many times so that you know that's more important than obviously Man United going through and not in my opinion because in the long term we don't want to have to see this all the time and, and actually debate it like this every time yeah I just I just it's, it's I saw a funny comment today uh, it was like if there's going to be fouls for people screening people Arsenal will never score another set piece it's like it happens all when you watch like not even just Arsenal but like Players just standing the ground, not not doing anything wrong particularly, just standing in the way. But it's a body, that, like they use the body. They've done that to goalies for years. Like, that, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's not even let's not even go down that road. Like, <laughs> so we'll go down a VAR wormhole. I can't be asked. It's fucking does me then. Um, but yeah, we sh- could have been one nil up. Um, but then we're getting later into the game, and of course, <clears throat> we haven't. Got the Salas and Nunes on the bench, uh, and then we're looking to uh, Bradley comes off, Bobby Clark comes on, who we'll get onto in a bit because I thought he was fucking very good against um, Southampton. Bobby Clark comes on for Bradley, uh, Robbo comes on towards the end, McConnell comes on as well for 
McAllister and Dan's comes on for um for Cody Gakpo. So 87th minute, we lose um we lose um sorry, Robertson comes off, McAllister comes off, Gakpo comes off, and we bring on Simicas, McConnell and Dan. So we're bringing on basically two youngsters and Simicas, who's the 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 backup left back going into staring down the battle battle of um extra time, which of course it makes sense because we need fresh players. We can't expect McAllister and Gakpo who've been playing loads recently to just crack on and do an, do another half an hour and whatever. But it's just at that point I was like I, f- I felt like I didn't think it was they were gonna go on to win it, but I thought it severely weakens our chances now because we, we we can't expect those players to carry on and because they're gonna get injured and it's then it we're fucked even more. Yeah. We've got to replace them. But then it's like I'm just going to be like a bit. I'm just going to be proud of what happens now because we're bringing on these players. We've got no alternative. We just need to see what happens. Um, but to see that the likes of them players coming on, it's massive for them. It's like like that like you said. Like there's, it's structured from the from the top to the bottom, and and these lads are coming here because they want to get a chance, and they're getting the chances because we've got got no players at the minute. But I think it's. It, I've said that on. I think it was the last show. They're not just getting thrown in. They are getting thrown in because we haven't got as many options, but I still think, in terms of quality and what they can pr- provide on the ball, um, and and trying to be as close as the the real thing as 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 the first eleven as they can be, I thought they they, they all done amazingly well when they came on. Yeah, and I think you know in the situation where we are, and we look at the end of the game, which has been quite intense, obviously with chances both ways. You know, Chelsea could have scored a few. You know, they hit the post, and you know, Callum saved us, and we had a few chances, and it was like the game was going in different directions. You know, we got more intensity and energy, and then they got more. So I guess in the end of the day, when we took the more experienced players off, we lost a bit of experience, but we brought on energy, and that is actually what killed off Chelsea for a bit. You know. Obviously, an extra time because yes, we might be more unexperienced with the kids, but at the same time, they were running, fighting. Because obviously, like you said, they're coming in, they're coming on in a game which is this big in a final, and they have nothing to lose really. They don't have anything to prove at this point because you know we've been playing the whole game almost, and we're going into extra time soon, and they just know that just go in, do the job, and run your socks off really, uh, and which they did. And I think we. That took Chelsea by surprise a bit because they, they, Chelsea had their moments in the game, but I think they were getting tired as well. And, you know, they, they didn't do the same kind of substitution. So when the kids were coming on and the players we referred to, you know, it seems and you, you, you understand that they've been playing this kind of, uh, you know, system and tactics for since they were younger because they kind of know exactly what they're going to do. You can, I've said it before, you can, you can tell they are not, as strong maybe in positions and body and stuff because they're still young, but on the ball and tactically, they are very, very clever. So, you know, all credit to them. And I think, you know, when they came on, you felt like this can go either way now. It yeah. could be that Chelsea goes on and score one and two because they play through unexperienced players. Like they they find a way because we don't, we are not quick enough. We are not experienced enough with these players. Or we can actually manage to go through the game, even go and win it because of the energy, or we at least make it to penalties where it will be another uh, question about who's going to win because it's more of a lottery and a little bit of luck as well. So I thought, you know, I think Jürgen did well and uh, made the right decisions there and then because how we look, because I, I saw that McAllister was really tired. You can you can tell that, uh, you know, that and Robertson needs to come off. They, and Gakpo was tired. So it was more like if we don't take them off, 
we're going to be fucked anyway, I felt. Yeah. So we need to do something. And yeah, I think he called it right in the end. Not saying that because we won. I think you, that changed the, the rhythm of the game going into extra time. And we actually were the better team during that time, obviously. Yeah, I think the Mc- McConnell uh, little cameo, I thought he was just like getting on the ball, them little just just yeah. little short five, six, six, seven yard passes, whatever, just ticking us over was lovely. Dan's could have, yeah. yeah, Dan's could have scored. He had a great chance where uh, Van Dijk heads it back over to him and he has an opportunity to get his first goal there. Of course, he got his first two goals in Southampton, but he could have scored there. Yeah, um, yeah, Kwanzaa comes on, and I think. Like you said, there was chap, there was chances. We we're not going to get round to talking about every chance because he was so so many. It was a bit of a mad second half, but I, I, we need to talk about Keller because I think we've we've mentioned in the past, like where if he's coming up coming up into a game where Allison's still fit, he's a little bit rusty, and you, maybe shots are going in that you should be saving. And I think since the last couple of weeks where he's been, of of course, because Allison's injured, he stepped up massively. Like he's he's you talk about like someone grabbing the opportunity, like he's just grabbed it with both hands and was like, "This is like my chance to shine." Like whether it's like winning some trophies with us, and then he he leaves um, maybe next year. I hope he doesn't because he's he's so valuable to have if Ali gets in you. Because Ali does unfortunately pick up these injuries, but there's just a few times where I've watched back the uh, the highlights and it's like pinball in our box, and I'm like, I'm just so glad Keller was in goal because. I can only put it down to the look of the Irish, honestly. Like the way that was bouncing <laughs> around that pen box, and then it just, just nicely f- like float up into his arms. And I was like, "How has that not gone in?" Like we got away with quite yeah, a few yeah. of them. And I was, but in terms of like his presence, being Allison like, I think the the one that stood out to me was the one where Gallagher's basically threw on goal, and oh, yeah. maybe Keller two months ago that slides under his foot or it. He gets a, t- a glove on it, but it still goes in. But he, he puts his arms up and he makes it make just makes himself wide, like yeah. sp- spreads himself. And that was just like a along with the other saves that he made. I just thought it was a. I was like that the name our names on the trophy here because it, it just it keeps going our way. The little bits of luck that we need, um, which we're not you. I don't find that we're usually that fortunate with like when it goes in the box in the box and it's pinball and round that it always ends up going in, in off the post or whatever. <laughs> but um yeah. yeah, I just thought Keller was class to be honest. I absolutely loved his performance. Yeah, and he's you know, he's twenty five now and he's been there for you know a few years and we know him, we know what he can do. But I think sometimes he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. You know, some people actually talk him down thinking, you know, he's not as good as we one two, but at the same time, you can't compare anyone with the best in the world. Like you, you can't have Allison and Allison again. You have don't you can't clone him yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you know, we're not there yet. But at the same time, we've got like a second goal that is that good and have that levels in him that he can actually perform like in the final and even against Southampton, which we talk about, you know, he was good there as well with saves yeah. and you know, having his presses in the box and doing great things, good with his feet. So you can't question the fact that we got our second goalkeeper that is obviously not as good as Alisson, but, you know, good enough to play for us in these kind of games and perform on a high, high level. And, you know, we should just enjoy and be happy because, like you said, it, it might be that he he's going in the summer because he's that good that he could play in so many good teams and actually, yeah. you know, play every week and win things as well, depending on where he goes, you know, to be honest. Like, he got the chance to, you know, maybe... Playing for Liverpool will be 
his best option for silverware. But at the same time, he, he's a footballer. That's, this, is, this is his job. He want to play regular football because, you know, in the end of the day, when you get older and you finish your career, you will look back and be like, yeah, I played so and so many hundred games for a certain team. But in Liverpool at the time now, he won't do that because Alisson is, you know, that yeah. good. So, but, you know, yeah, I think, you know, he, he was brilliant. And I think, you know, sometimes you just have to, you know, uh, take a moment. You just realise how lucky we are to have those kind of backup players, if you like, in terms of being a second goalkeeper. But because if you're in that position, you don't really play much because a goalkeeper is always the goalkeeper playing. You know, if you've got the first one that is that good, you you don't really move him that often, to be honest. Yeah, I think the question mark's always been for me, like because like like we've said, like he only comes in for one game or he's and he's out for ten and he might play another one. It's that has he got the rhythm to come in? And I think he's proved over the last couple of games that if he can perform at them levels for Liverpool in cup finals in massive games, he can do it for anyone. He really can. I mean, yeah. I think it's different at Liverpool because the the vibe that we've got going on, Klopp still here, and that I think it must be quite like a, I think I mentioned on the last show like it's a perfect environment and atmosphere to come in and feel like don't feel nervous or whatever like I think nerves can can wreck a goalie we've had, I think we've had plenty of them in the past they were just like shocking to be honest um, but Keller is one that has always been promising like you said he's 25 now I think he's 26 uh, this year so I guess in terms of goalie he's still young he's got another 10 years or, or more whatever he wants because how, how, how good he is but yeah, I'm just made up for him. I just I needed to. We needed to have a little chat about it because I think he des- he deserves his plaudits for um, how good he's been. To be honest, uh, he's been amazing. Um, but yeah, let's 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 jump straight to the goal because that's what we want to talk about. Virgil <laughs> van Dijk, 118th minute. Costas Simicas. I actually put a bet on. Um, I didn't win because I've done a few other little bets within the bet. I don't usually. I'm not a better really, but I did like <laughs> van Dijk goal. And a couple of ye- yellow cards, but it was within ninety minutes. But I just fancy. I just I don't know. I just got a feeling before the game. I was like, I feel like set pieces are going to be massive for us. I think when you've got Van Dijk who's scored scored quite a few recently, I think Simicast being back, I just felt like it was a nice little recipe for a, for a goal there, and and that's where it came from. Um, lovely delivery, um, and especially after the other goal being disallowed and Van Dijk just being like, Nah, I'm not going to be. No one's going to stop me here. I'm going to get on me on me head on the end of this. And when that just, yeah, the scenes when that goes in the back of the net, yeah. it was just crazy. Because, like I said, it's that it's that late in the day where it's like we've basically won the cup here. So you can celebrate the goal, and you can also kind of celebrate the the tenth league cup as well at the at the same time. But it was just an incredible incredible moment, and I think it was encapsulated in his put in his. Because um, I think his celebrations are usually quite. Um, like sleek and like uh, he's he's maybe thought about a little bit of his slides on his knees or like a proper nice nice little swift jump in the air and like pumping his fist. This one he just kind of ran for a bit and then fell over and everyone jumped on him because he was like, yeah. "I'm fucked and thank <laughs> fuck that went in." I think that was kind of his, his feeling at the time, wasn't it? But yeah, a boss moment. Yeah, and you know the goal is brilliant. The delivery is brilliant, like you said, from Tamikas, and the way that he just you know runs into the area and he gets his head of the ball and you know directed in that perfect. Uh, away from the goalkeeper in that corner. It's a brilliant goal. It's a Virgil van Dijk goal. It's a captain's goal. Uh, and at that moment as well, like you said, you can, you know, by, by the way, uh, you know, you look at through the TV with the, with the sound on and how, you know, that everyone's n- like nervousness and emotions just drop. So everyone just, you know, 
fucking blow their minds out because you know they know that obviously Virgil scored his second and that was good because it's him it's the captain and the first one that was disallowed and he got the second one to kind of win it for us like you said because it was that late so we knew that if we can just hold on for like a couple of minutes that's you know that's the league cup one um and you know we can talk about the atmosphere before as well. You know during extra time before we scored uh, when the Ale Ale was going and stuff. That, you know it's incredible the Crazy. clips that you've seen on on Twitter when you listen and you got the the sound up high on yeah. your mobile or laptop wherever you're watching it. It's actually you know something that would be like that is actually lifting the roof there. Like you don't yeah. really hear that that often. But when we need when the fans. You can talk about atmosphere at Anfield, you know, going up and down. And some people can say, you know, the famous atmosphere and we're not that good. But when it, when it actually matters and when it's needed, we're one of the best in the world, you know, without a doubt. And we help the players to come over that line when it's needed as well. And everyone is saying it. And I really like that we got like this uh, very respected and great sports journalist in, in Sweden who I interviewed in my podcast uh, and he's doing his own podcast and everyone listened to it. He's a, he's a great guy, very clever, good uh, storyteller, you know, and stuff like that. And he was in that studio, the Swedish television studio, and he said, you know, other fans to other teams because he supports Tottenham himself, you know, mm -hmm. can many times say, you know, that, you know, Liverpool fans and, you know, talk about, you know, walk alone, the atmosphere and, you know, this means more kind of, you know, that kind of way that could be something, you know, that triggers, you know, supporters to other teams because we think we are a little bit better and we are more yeah. special and all that. But he said, this, these moments, they're doing it them over and over and over again. And we see them in the past, yeah. in the history, and we've seen them now, and they're still creating them. You know, we've seen the finals, so we've seen the moments of, you know, so he said, Whatever we think, they are entitled to say it because they do it. So he was very he didn't say it like with a with a joke in a joke way. He said it very serious, like it's yeah. just the way it is. So whatever people other people said and supporters to the team says, it's just the way it is. Sorry. And I love that because that goes out to all the Swedish supporters to, you know, Man United supporters or whatever. And I was like, Yeah, you got you got it right here, mate. You know, so but you know, to to, to go back to that, you know, when he scored and the atmosphere and the feelings, I, I was screaming myself, uh, even if you know it's a little bit later, even if it's not late, late, it's still like I was screaming. I probably if there was anyone sleeping around in the apartment, you know, next to us, they probably woke up because it is you build up the emotions and the feelings inside. You're getting more and more nervous because you think, yeah, we're bringing the kids on. It's probably, you know, this could be the way that Chelsea goes and win it. Uh, and the longer the game goes on, they probably have the more experience than, you know, players that have played in big tournaments and big, you know, games before. So you felt like the longer it goes on and if it goes to penalties, then it's a lottery and stuff. So when that goal went in, everything just, you know, you just dropped all the emotions out and that's a great feeling. It's it's one of the best feelings that you can have ever in the world, I, I would say, when that happens. Yeah, it is. I think it was, I think, like, like I said, Van Dyke's celebration kind of said that to me. He was like, ah, oh, thank God we scored. <laughs> like, two yeah. minutes away from taking pens and of course you probably would have had to take one and it's like a lottery and it's just a fucking nightmare. So, yeah. yeah, I think that I think that's I haven't read that thing that you've mentioned. Like, of course, because I imagine it's in Swedish, and I only know three words or four <laughs> words. So, um, but yeah, I think like we've I think we've said it before again. Like, it's not maybe we think that we are like better in terms of atmosphere, but it's like again, it's no it's no fluke that we are, we see these things happen um, against the odds, and then we go on and win, and then it's because of the atmosphere and the players 
plug into each other completely and when we go on and, exactly. and do it and we and we see it all the time like there's a lot of times in my lifetime um that i've saw a game and been like right that one can't be topped it goes and gets topped yeah then it's like exactly. that one can't that one now that one's definitely the top one and then it goes and gets but, topped again it's like, I, I, it's and i know it's not the show for it but like you said in your lifetime and what you remember you can go back to the travel in 2001 the fa cup how you michael owen you know turns that game around with his goals you go to the final against alaves and we play it that you know in that way and we score many goals they score goals and we win it on the golden goal which is you know a, a, an own goal uh it's different ways of winning things. And then you come up to the Champions League final of 2005, the way we go, obviously, and win that. And you look at Gerard final 2000. It's, it's not, obviously, there's time in between those finals and moments, but it could be years and years sometimes. But when we do it, it's it's not like, yeah, we went to win it 2-0. And sometimes I fucking wish we did, <laughs> you know, for same. for my heart, you know, my yeah. <laughs> for my blood pressure. But at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, that's not the moments you remember. You remember when we won it with the kids in extra time and Virgil van Dijk scored his second header in the League Cup and everyone can talk down the League Cup, especially Pep, the little cunt, sorry. But, you know, <laughs> because but the way it's not about the cup, mate. I, would, I want to tell him it's not about the cup. It's the about the way yeah. we win it. That's the thing. And you will never understand it, being a manager for a cheating club and being a checkbook manager. You can never understand the the emotions because you don't have the bond with your supporters and the the culture in your club that is founded years and years and years and years ago back in history and the way that the club behaves and you know the way the people in Liverpool you never understand it because you've chosen the clubs that just like money and I don't say that to be sarcastic or anything that's actually how I feel as a supporter it means more because you're doing it the right way so you know I that's like well I I was ranting now about how we do it obviously but it's a proof again that we do it like we might not do it the easy way, but when we do it the hard way, it means a lot more because it turns out to be a moment in time in a game which we will remember in 10, 20, 30, 40 years time yeah. and tell our kids or whatever. It's not just like, oh, yeah, we won to nil and no one cared. It's actually we did this and that and that and we brought the kids on and there were three, four, five of them and they did a great yeah. job. But then fucking Van Dijk, he was knackered, score that goal and everyone went ballistic, you know. It's another way. It's another thing. And that's what I love with the club because, you know, all the memories they've given me and us through the years that I've been alive and when I've seen them, you know, I I, I guess there's many people who wouldn't um, say it, but, you know, uh, admit it, but they probably envy us a lot, you know, supporters out there who never see these things that we do. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, that, that whole pep thing was funny, like the way, um, yeah, he was trying to like, Seemed like he was trying to downplay it, but it's like, well, when you did he win? Did he win for like four in a row? It's like, well, yeah, you've got so much money, and it's it's so easy for you because you've you've got like you said, checkbooks and loads of money, and it's yeah, yeah. you you can but, rotate and have your second team. It'd still be one of the best teams that is in that cup. Like, yeah. even though there's obviously Premier League, to, you know, teams, but if 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 all their Premier League teams rotate in that cup, like. I, you know, I wouldn't say us or Arsenal, or whatever, because we still got good teams. But you know, if there's any, you know, some some teams probably don't rotate because it's their chance of winning a trophy. Say Fulham, for example, they probably go the best team because they think we're gonna go as far as we can and actually go for this one. But if they do rotate, obviously they will be, you know, uh, weakened quite a lot. If Man City do that, you know, it's the same kind of. So it's easy for him to sit there and say that. That's why I can't really respect, you know, the, the whole thing. So just leave it there. Leave them out. 
it's, <laughs> it's, I was going to, I was going to say, it's a good job we've got the um, explicit ticked on the Owl podcast because we've, we've been throwing all kinds of, all yeah, kinds sorry. of C, C bombs and F bombs and all that over the gaff, but it's all, it's all good because we've warned the people that the, the, the swear words are going to happen. So there we are. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, let's not talk about, our, let's talk about our Pep. We won our tenth League Cup, um, and yeah, like you said, in the, the way that we did it. The whole culture of the club and all that—it's absolutely spot on, and it is—it is—it's hard to explain to other fans. I find like other rival fans and that. Like, I think I think I've said this before as well. I keep saying that. Sorry, but I think it's it maybe comes across like a little bit cringy, like from yeah. their point of view, because it's yeah. like, oh, like you never walk alone. It's dead soppy and like blah blah blah. Sing at every game, and it's like. We're against the rest of the world and all this and all this shit and whatever, but it's like that's just the the history of the club and the stuff that it's gone through, like good and bad, have shaped the the, the history of a city and people as exactly. well. Exactly, it's yeah. it's so it's so enriched in so many things. It's not just a football club, and I think it's hard to get that across to someone who hasn't li- like lived it or um, doesn't support the club. I think that's something that. I would love to. If, I don't know if someone's maybe wrote a book about this where I can go right. What is it to me? What does it mean to support Liverpool? If someone can just like go that writing, just write a nice little yeah. encyclopedia, a thousand pages, and then just go read that and come back to me in in exactly. <laughs> but but that's what I referred to that like Eric Neva, that sport journalist, the Swedish one. He's like I said, he's got his own podcast in Swedish, obviously, but they do stories about all kind of eras and teams and personalities in football and. He, you know, his research and the way that he tells stories, it's, you know, it's it's brilliant. That's what I love to, and and the episodes could be two hours long and it could be three of them, like three episodes that is two, three hours long each, but you don't get tired of listening to it because the way that he tells stuff. And that's why I also respect the way he said it. Like the, the, what you said just now about Liverpool, you know, walk around the fans and, you know, this means more and how, that's why I respect what he said in the studio, like I said before. The way he actually explained, like we can we can feel and think whatever we want, but it's actually the truth. Like that's the thing. And like I said, he supports yeah. Tottenham, and he was just like, everyone can be annoyed, everyone can be jealous, everyone can hate the Liverpool sports for how we make us special. But it's not just because we make us special; it's because they are, and that's what he said. And I love that because obviously every everyone that was viewing the, the studio heard that, and I guess it was more than just Liverpool and Chelsea sports at the time. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I love. Like, yeah, he's, he's just being fucking truthful, and you're saying straight, and you know that's the thing. And I love that you said someone should write a book on it and go back, you know, history, why, uh, you know, things that have happened through the years as, as well, and why why that it feels like that and why it's more than football and it's actually society, uh, the city, the people and what they've been going through. And I'm saying that as someone from Sweden, but I know it because I love to read up on it. Like exactly. I, I love to just dive into all these things and all the facts and, and, and well, read about it and learn about it. That's That comes with being a supporter of Liverpool Football Club, in my opinion. Well, you said you wanted to start some writing, so there's your job, lad. Get, um, oh, yeah. Get your pad yeah. and pen out and uh, start. Yes, I'll come back to you in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Right, yeah. let, let's let, let's move on, because we've, we've digressed slightly there. Apologies, but yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's the perks of having like a bullet point form and then you just like you just free flow and just go wherever the fuck you want. That, that, that's the joy of doing, doing podcasts, I guess. Um, but yeah, 10th League Cup... 
boss win, boss night, everything was just celebrations after. Yeah, all the content that came out. Everything was just like, I was just like, trying not to be glued to my phone, because of course I was unfortunately didn't get to go. Um, but like, I just wanted to like celebrate it with the people around me and just be like chat about the game and just like stuff like that. And then and the day afterward, I was severely hungover. It was like four hours on my phone, just like watching every <laughs> clip, every angle of everything. Like that's just, it's just, it's just so good. But let, let's talk about yesterday against um, Southampton. Lovely three 0 win uh, in the FA Cup fifth round. Of course, that we mentioned earlier. Man United jammed the way through uh, Forest. It was it was the draw was before the game, which I think Carragher mentioned that they should do it after the game, really, because it's like I agree, it's, it's yeah. should be like you shouldn't know you're going to play because it's more exciting. Um, but yeah, they beat they beat Forest, so we play them next. But we mentioned the the youth players and Klopp was talking after the Carabao after the I'm not calling the Carabao after the League Cup game. <laughs> Like who's we've got a game in three days. I can't even think about it. I don't know who's going to play. I don't know who's fit. Um, um, we knew Salah and Nunes probably weren't going to play. Endo picked up a little bit of a niggle, and there's players who played loads of minutes. So, in terms of the lineup, Keller and goal, um, Bradley right back, Quanson Van Dijk, uh, Simakas left back, midfield three of McConnell, Joe Gomez, and Bobby Clark. That was. That was the one that threw me. Gomez is the six that absolutely blew my mind. And then front front three of um, Elliot, um, Lewis Kumas, and Cody Gakpo. So I thought it was again a still a nice blend of, of course, um, Quant has played still still a youngster, but played loads of games now. So I I expect a high level of him. Same with Bradley. Weirdly, like I expect high level as these kids have only played a handful yeah. of games, but it's mad how much you trust them already. It's crazy. Of course, Van Dyke's in there, some McConnell and Clark surrounding Joe Gomez in a midfield three. It's just hilarious to say out loud again. I've got to say it again. And then Kumas having his um having his debut. But it was like we knew Southampton were a good football playing side. I don't I don't think I, I've seen clips of them this season and I've I've seen how good they are, but you I didn't really appreciate how decent they were properly yeah. until they're up against the Liverpool side. They were very, very good, to be fair to them. But again, Keller in goal was just... He kept us in the game um, that first half. Of course, Kumas goes on to score on the 44th minute and get his, his debut goal. But before that, we were living a bit of a charmed life again where the ball was getting in the box. There was balls in behind. Of course, when you're playing Gomez and... As a six for the first time ever, and you've got loads of youth in there, it's going to happen in terms of transition against yeah. the decent side. But Keller again was just fucking incredible, weren't he? Yeah, and I think when you looked at the uh, starting lineup, I actually saw it as I thought Joe Gomez was going to play to the to the right uh, as a right back, sorry, and then Harvey Elliott going down central with the uh, Connor Bradley actually playing, you know, on the uh, r- yeah, on the wing because yeah, that's what he played. So I thought, yeah. you know, they they mixed up the positions here when they they showed the graphics on TV. I was like, nah, it's all right and stuff. But and you, you saw the game and be like, all right, he's actually playing there and now he's playing up front. So, okay, let's go. And you you can like you said, you you know, all credit to Southampton. Obviously, they know that we are weakened. Uh, so obviously, their manager have said. Let's go for it. But you know, put pressure on them high up. Um, because they got so many youngsters around in midfield and stuff. So make sure that you cover those spaces and don't let them have time because they might be a little bit, you know, um struck by the moment and also not having experience and all. And you can tell 
first 20 minutes, even 30 minutes, I thought, you know, like you said, Callahan saved us uh, many times and they had a few chances. They, I think they had one in the post as well. And, you know, they had a few players. Like I, I, I haven't watched, Man, uh, sorry, Southampton since obviously they were in the Premier League, but they were playing good football. I think they were brilliant in some departments of the game and where they actually, you know, put the ball in behind our defensive line and came running and they were quick and fast and all that. So, I think, you know, this is going to be a tough one. You know, they might even go and win this. And, you know, it could just be a result as we obviously won their League Cup. And it is just what it is. And we have to deal with it. But the longer the game went on and uh, the way that we played and Joe Gomez find his feet in that position, I think we actually won more and more ground. We won more and more uh, possession. And we felt, I felt more secure and safe. And I felt like, yeah, let's, let's go in there. And obviously, like you said, then Kumas goes and, you know, score his debut goal in, yeah, well, goal in his debut. And, you know, it's it's just again brilliant stories. The kid comes on, hasn't played before us before, starting up front, scoring a goal, celebrates. You know, with all the fans, you can't. You know, it's a story for a film. You know, that's the thing, and and that's also one. You know, having Southampton playing that good in the first part of the first half, and we working ourselves into the, the into the first half later on, and then scoring a goal obviously takes energy from them like they feel yeah. like oh, fucking hell we had so many chances to go one or two nil up here and then we go and concede instead in the end of the first half so it kind of obviously helps us moving forward in the second half yeah i think when just when you look at like the goal scorers i, I just think it's hilarious like um jason kumas and neil danza's sons scored the goals for us i just think i just think it's like it's just proper footy manager when you get to, get to like 2040 and you're getting like regens of like kids of like footy players and you're like oh there's um it's bobby Firmino's kids like <laughs> like it's just, it's just it's just mad i just but like that the fact that they're in the team because of the injuries and stuff it's no detriment to them because the quality is there i think Klopp mentioned after the game kumas is a, gr- a great finish i think we've seen that it took a little bit of the deflection but in terms of him getting into those positions and starting maybe over on the left cutting in um he had a good chance where I think um, Stevens then makes a good challenge. It was maybe 50 50 in terms of a, a foul in the box, but then he keeps going, he keeps getting back up, he keeps chasing, and it's he's doing all the right things. And I think it's, I think I said before, like it, it's easy, I think it's easy for maybe a young player to come into the, the Liverpool setup now rather than any other club just because of the, the like the environment that we've created but in terms yeah. of what they're going on and doing and showing on the pitch like Kumas coming on the score and like you said and then we bring off Van Dijk at half time which is a pre-planned change because of course we can't just keep putting Van Dijk on for 90 minutes and hoping he can save us Canate comes on and again is equally <laughs> as good in terms of that their um their left winger was just like Having a decent game, and then Kanate comes in and goes, Nah, mate. Big Ibu Kanate is on now, lad. So just <laughs> set, settle down a little bit. It'd be yeah, he, was, he was boss. He was, he was boss, boss again. Um, and and we can we can jump straight to the to the Dan's moment because, of course, like I said, Van Dyke comes off for Kanate, and then 60th minute, McConnell comes off for McAllister just to give us a little bit more steel and a bit more. Um, the reverse of the change in the Carabao Cup game, which is which is weird, and then um, Dan's comes on for um, Kumas, and I think from the moment Dan Dan's comes on, I wasn't expecting him to score, and I think it's it's hard to know what a young player is going to do. I think after seeing Kumas score, you, you you're hoping Dan's is going to come on and go right. I'll get my I'll get my first goal as well. But the way that 
it, it all synced up for it. I think it was a nice little bit of play. And then Harvey Elliott has it on the 73rd minute, slips it in behind. You can be like, if he snatches at it or he, he it's, it's it over or he just misses, you'd be like, oh, what a chance for the, for the young lad. But he's just snatched at it because he's nervous or whatever. But the finish that he produced, the way he just yeah, clips yeah. it and chips it over the keeper, it's just fucking is ridiculously good. And I think, again, whenever you see a young lad coming on and, and scoring him, I think it's it takes it to another level slightly when it's a young scouse lad coming on who supported the club and his dad's a scouser and he's been in the academy all his life and the interview after the game was was boss. I love I love it when you see, like see raw emotion from a young kid. But the first goal and even the, the second goal in terms of a poacher's finish was just like how is it going so so well? I think like you said, Southampton could have could have scored two or three in the first half, to be fair to them. But the fact that we kept going and we had that superior finishing and it, the finishing weirdly came from youngsters um as well was just it was just class and and, and the the whole celebration and, and all that from from them was um again it's lovely to see that again the raw emotion of, of kids when 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 they're coming on and getting a chance and scoring and, and taking their opportunity yeah and you know the finish from dance is you know the, in the, the first goal is as good as any striker out there when you get that chance Perfect timing, great ball, obviously, in from Havel, but, you know, perfect timing with his body, just, you know, get it, like, chipped over the goalkeeper. Not, It's not like he's stressed, I think, because you said he could put it wide, he could put it straight on the goalkeeper, but he just have that little, you know, ice in him, like, just, I'm going to take it cool here, and then he, he does that, and it's a brilliant finish, 2-0 up, you know, and that kind of feels like, yeah, it's sealed and done here, and then, obviously, you get the, the third goal as well, he's second, um, and... It's just one of them where you sense where a ball can actually uh, come in a moment. Like he's he's in a position where he's very quick on his feet and in his in his mind where the ball can actually uh, you know land. So he's just there with his feet and gets it in the goal. So obviously it's a little bit of luck, but at the same time you need to be quick. You need to be able to you know uh, at that speed that the ball goes to actually you know put it in the net. So you know all credit to him and. It's just one of them where you think it's brilliant, but that you got the youngsters scoring and you know playing that well for us. You can't really complain at all, and you know to see the interviews after and all that. So, you know, to see the the, the young boys having a little bit of struggle in, the, in this first part of the game, but then working their way into it. Obviously, we did some changes. I think that you know Gakpo was the one having a difficult game because obviously he you know. Uh, misplaced a few finishes and you know yeah. didn't have a but at the same time as his work you know working hard being a body in there and stuff but it's just great to see that the kids can actually go and do it i understand they can't do it for 10 games in a row but to come in and provide um you know these kind of levels and have an impact in games like you know the league cup final and the fa cup uh going through uh, against our Phantom home and just make sure that we keep ourselves in we already won one tournament, but keep yourself in this tournament. And, you know, it might be that you obviously get a chance to play in it again because they've done well. But it's also make sure that, you know, with their injuries, hopefully not as bad going forward, that we get more options and actually a stronger team that we can compete for actually going all the way as well. So they have helped us. Whatever Whoever plays in the future and where we are in a few weeks or whatever, you know, they have played their part. You can't. You can never take that away from them. Massively, I think it. Yeah, especially when it's like young kids as well from the academy, like having to having to rely on them <laughs> in a way. The pressure, um, yeah, and the, the way they're thriving is just it's it's amazing. And then and again, uh, train I only comes on seventy <laughs> eighth yeah. minute, yeah. ridiculous sixteen 
Um, Looks like twelve. Just <laughs> mad. Just just crazy. I think someone posted the stat like he was born like what was it four days after Fernando Torres signed for Liverpool. Yeah. It's just like wow. I'm just looking at them stats. And I'm just like I feel old. I feel ancient. Yep. <laughs> it's just a it is hilarious. But again, it's just these lads are coming on, and I think Klopp's little. Soundbite after the game about Trey Nione. He was like, like what a player, and he was like laughing because he he's obviously seen him in training, and he must be some player because we, we we sign these players because they've they've got the the whole package is not just the personality and not being a knobhead and all that stuff that we we want and want them to fit in. They've also got to be fucking very good. So I'm excited to see what what his future brings as well. But I'm just mostly just made up for these young lads and getting getting the first goals and and all that can take a not a weight off the shoulders, but it can just give them that little extra five, five, ten percent in games when they're coming off the bench, and they haven't. I guess if they haven't scored a goal, it's like, well, no one's expecting me to score, so it's sound. But now they've got that little bit in them, they can then be a bit more of a threat going into those into those opportunities, which I think is it makes us more dangerous as well. Which is which is boss, and of course then Kay Gordon comes on as well, who's a little bit of forgot the forgotten fella within amongst all of the uh, young youngsters with the bad injury that he had. But I'm, I was made up to see him back as well. Yeah, um, I've just sort of started. I always use Mike Reed from Opta. Um, I'm, I need to do a statue with Mike actually, but he's posted something like not not long ago, which I thought was quite quite interesting. Eleven uh, percent of the players that have ever played for Liverpool since the club was founded in 1892 were given their debut for the club by Jürgen Klopp. Ooh. 11% yeah. of all players that have been given a debut, Jürgen Klopp was the, the guy. Mad. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even, a lot. You know what? I don't even I don't even read Mike's tweets anymore. I just retweet it first, and then I read it after, because I know he's just <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be boss. out the park every yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we mentioned you mentioned it on the last show, like the amount of debuts that were given players and it's enforced because of the injuries and stuff, but it's because we've got them in place to come in because the quality players, but they're also there, the young players, they're ready to take the chance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's just it's just boss to see, you know. They, they probably made it. They would probably have made the debuts anyway, not in the same circumstances. Like they might have had like a fifty minutes here. Say say we played this game like last night, and we would be three 0 up. You know, without being disrespectful to Southampton, but if we had a little bit of a stronger team and we would have been tuning up, you know, you know, early in the game or whatever, and you know, we would have put on like maybe Kumas on then, or you know, uh, that kind of thing we would have done. I guess you know they would still have in their debuts, but not not playing from start in these kind of games, maybe. But you know, I'm sure, you know, Klopp trusts them, and you know, they, like every everyone else in the team saying, you know, they are really good players, like they're showing that on the training pitch every day when we train with them, like it's not just a, a youngster that is in Liverpool, it's actually a youngster that got quality, and they've said it all, like we've seen them, Callagher said something about dance that, you know, I've seen him in training, he's got quality finishes, and you know, he's really good, and doing really good things, and I guess they are all, you know, doing good things, because Obviously, no one's going to say anything else, but you know they they're still going to give them praise if they deserve it. And you know they they've said you know we we know that they are good, they are young, but they are good. So you know we don't have to stress them, we don't have to rush them. The circumstances not are now that we got the injuries, yes. So it gives gives another kind of situation. But at the same time, most of the players seems to understand that yeah they will have their time. Maybe 
not as much as they've done already. Uh, but, you know, it will come and we don't have to stress them because they will just keep on developing playing. And, you know, obviously Klopp won't be there to guide them next season, which is a bit sad because I think, you know, he's ha- have a great impact on them and, you know, in, in you know, the influential way and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, that you think when you see those youngsters, the future is bright for the club. Uh, doesn't really matter if there's going to be a few of them not having a long Liverpool career. If they will, we will see where that takes them, obviously. But you can see that they got the quality to to make it at this level anyway. Yeah, massively. I think it was um, we, were, we were praising Southampton before, like in terms of like their, I guess their philosophy, like keeping the, bo- the ball on the floor, little triangles, like playing out from the back and whatever. And then I saw the interview by Russell Martin after the game, and I was like. Bit of a bell end, aren't you? <laughs> it's just like I just like he was given like dead like um de- like decent normal answers, and then he just got like a little bit a little bit annoyed at the end a little bit, and I, I was like, um, I, I was like, is that because you were getting rinsed by Luis Suarez for like for the, the whole time you were at Norwich playing playing at the back? <laughs> maybe maybe he's still a bit sour about that, but which I, I just loved talking about, and I would. I uh, love thinking about it. I was trying to find like a few Suarez goals where maybe he ripped him, but I did, I've been working all day, so I'll probably look at that later. <laughs> just just to, just just to rub it in a little bit more. But I, I enjoyed that interview. Um, but yeah, and a boss three 0 When we go through to the next round, we play United away. Um, I guess not the best. I would have preferred Forest, but in terms of I don't know, saying, would you? Would you? <laughs> only because like I don't want to give them like. Yeah, they're the, at the, the point the, now. In terms of a game, the game is more massive. But you know, to be honest, like I, I fucking fancy us to go and play them because I think they, you know, they've been shit. So you know, I've, it, you should you should never be, you know, too naive or disrespectful in a way that turns it. But you know, I, 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 I see playing against Forest away or Man United away is the fucking same at the moment. To be honest, <laughs> no, I, for me it was more because they're at that weird position where we used to be, where we used to just like be shit. But if we beat United in a cup game or whatever, or FA Cup, that would be like something we can shout about and cheer about and use it as like a way to like give them shit for. For I think now, if they get a result against us, hopefully not, they can like be like, "Oh yeah, we stopped you winning the quadruple," or like because that's all I've got. And I, I, yeah. I love it and hate it at the same time. But like you said, in terms of us going and wanting to make more memories and playing. Like you said, not the best teams, I guess, in United. But like in terms of when we play them, it's always, I guess, like Chelsea, like they raise the game. It's always they're always offered a little bit more, especially at their place. But if we can get some, if some players fancy coming back soon, like just like don't know this week, next week, if we if some players want to start getting themselves fit, that would be <laughs> absolutely fucking lovely if you could please, because uh, the games don't stop coming. Of course, we play um, play Forest on Saturday. Away, uh, three o'clock kickoff, and then the games don't stop. We've got Prague, um, Prague away. We've got this ma- massive city game coming up, a uh, tenth of yeah. March at home. We've got then we've got Prague at home, and then we've got United away. Then we've um got Brighton at home because the Everton games got postponed. So the games don't stop, and I think going to Forest on on Saturday, like <laughs> I'm hoping that at least. Nunes and Salah because they didn't get up, they weren't involved last night. That and Gakpo played quite a massive portion of that game. I think he came off in the 90th minute. Hopefully, that means that they're going to be ready for for um, that one. I think maybe Klopp didn't want to risk them in a 
in a game against yeah. Southampton where they'd be up for it. They'd be flying into tackles, trying to close it down and whatever. Maybe um, Nunes and Salah be ready for this one because I think we can't... I think these players that we've got are capable of keeping on winning, but I think it's a bit unfair to just... Keep, like You're the 11, we've got two subs just crack on in the good old days where you only have like two players coming off the bench. We need like the five subs to keep everyone yeah. fit if we're going to keep on going through all the competitions. Yeah, and you know, it's a massive game, even if it's, you know, forest away because it's Premier League and where we are in the table, you know, where where we know that it's gonna be a Manchester Derby as well. Uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a game where if we can go win and get the three points, you know, it could be something out of a derby, even though Man City was obviously many levels above Manchester United nowadays. It's still a derby, you never know what's gonna come. It could be an upset and all that kind of stuff. So for me, you know, we, we hope that, you know, we will have some players back fit and ready to play for us away because we need the quality. We can we can obviously rely on a few of the kids because we know they can do the job. But like you said, it's not fair on them to, you know, say, well, go there, go again away from home, uh, which will be a difficult task and do the job because they already played so much football now and they are only young. We have to, re- you know, remember that even if they've been brilliant. So hopefully we will have a few players back now who can come in and, you know that we know are on a you know world class level in terms of what we need. Um, so I'm I'm just looking forward to that game and hope we can keep on winning and you know still fighting and giving everyone else behind us the the stress to you know pick up points to not fall um, far too far behind us. Obviously, if I hope I hope that, but you know that's what we need to do. We need to do the job first and foremost. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. To be honest, because. I'm going to be in North Shipping as well with friends where you've been. It's going to be like a supporters meeting. So it's probably going to be an 80 people or something or even more. And just having Bevy. So it's going to be, it's going to be good. And hopefully the Reds can win uh, at the same time. <laughs> Bevy is more important for you. But yeah, if the Reds can win, well, that'll be, um, that'll be, that'll be, that'll be boss. Like you said, there's the United Derby on the, is that on, that's on the Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. So, so yeah. again, we can just get the three points. Like you said, I'm not expecting anything of United in that game. But like, like you said, it's a Derby. So, Weird yeah. stuff happens, like when we played United and we and we drew. Like the, these these games happen when you're playing, um, where they raise the game. And um, I don't for one second have any expectations. But if they can nick, nick a draw, that'd be fucking absolutely huge. Um, should we do score predictions or should we should we not? What should we because should we do score predictions for? Yeah, I, I don't. Honest? I'm not. I, yeah, I'm not gonna try to predict the the starting lineup because I can't. No, you know, let's not do that. I, Nah, I can't no, be bothered with that. But we could, we could do score predictions for fun, and you know, I, I'll say I, I'm probably going to go a little bit safe again and say, I th- it's a tough one. It's a way three. I, th- I say three-one Liverpool again because it's my go-to result, and I, I think you know three-one is always feeling nice instead of a, a two-one or a one-nil because then my nerves going to go and stuff. So I'd rather have three-one because we got some place back. Hopefully, that can do the job. Yeah, I think like we beat them three 0 at home, um, but hoping we can keep another another clean sheet. Of course, Divock Origi, the absolute god, the legends there. Hopefully, he's not playing because he'll just pop up with a goal, and we don't we don't want to tarnish Divock's legacy. But I mean, it won't anyway. But you know what I mean. Two um, 0 I'll go. I'll go. To, I'll go two 0 to the Reds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's hope the Reds can crack on and get some players back from injury if 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 possible and. Yeah, r- rotate a little bit, I guess, with the with the players that um if we've got Nunes and Salah, you can you can keep your 
keeper Harvey Elliott on the bench, who's playing again a play we haven't mentioned, but running himself into the yeah. ground. Literally. There's so many of them. That's There's the so thing. many. Like it's yeah. it's too hard to get, be a fucking four hour podcast if we went through every person. Yeah, but he's himself all the time. The way he runs and fights in love to play for the club. You know, when he's getting better, he's good football wise already. But I think he's having impacts in games all the time. So you know, all credit to him and just keep him keep him going. Obviously, deserves a little bit of rest, but. Terms of what he's doing for us as a player, you know, uh, being twenty years old with over hundred games, you know, there's there's nothing you can complain about. Brilliant player. Exactly. Well, if you if you can keep, you can have Gakpo on the bench. If you can have Elliot on the bench, at least then you've got some attacking options. If you've got if if you if you I guess if you start Nunes and Salah, you can have Gakpo and Salah, um, Gakpo and Elliot coming off the bench. So it's yeah. all about having them options again because which we've been so used to this season when we've been bringing on five subs and all five subs are fucking class and that's why we've like top of like the most um the, the most subs coming off the bench and, and get and getting goals for us and, and all that stuff but if we can get back to that with the, with the injuries and, and stuff and get a little bit better then that's it makes it a little bit easier for us we can't always do stuff the hard way unfortunately um but yeah let's hope the reds can can go on yeah saturday three o'clock kickoff i think it's it's always going to be a tricky game when you're going away to the forest that we're gonna have a big atmosphere they're, they're gonna want to cut and that, that's the thing when you're top of the table you, all of the teams want to just cause a bit of an upset and obviously get points to themselves but like it's it's set up perfectly for them to yeah. get it's a team caught. to beat yeah and you're like, against it, the best so yeah and they want to set up and, and get and get a good result but hopefully the reds can just carry on the way that we're doing in terms of being just mentality fucking monsters and absolute beast but <laughs> we shall leave it there and get out of here thanks as always sorry it's been a bit, bit of a long one but we've been too busy partying for the past four days to, um, to do a show but we'll promise we'll do more uh more frequent because i think we've been like one a week recently where we're usually twice a week at least so we'll get back to that i promise um but yeah thanks as always everyone for listening thanks to christian as always for jumping on and yeah up the reds that's what we're going to be forest on saturday nice one see you later i'm jamie carragher and you are listening to the cop podcast Podcast Network.